basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the All Pacers podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at all.pacers. Or else. Or else. Or on Twitter at all underscore pacers. Oh. I don't know why I act surprised with that every time. (laughs) But uh, if you follow us there, you can get all your daily Pacers news and content that you need and join the great community of fans we have as always, this is Jeremy, and I'm joined by Jack and Breezy. How's it going, guys? What's up? It's going pretty well. Hey, I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, in other news, I've got a stat of the day. You guys ready? Excited? Yeah, I'm so ready. Always. Okay. Do you know where you were February 23rd, 2009? No. Wait, uh, what? 2009? February 23rd, 2009. Oh, Valentine's Day. At 7.30 p.m. Close. When is Valentine's Day? 14th. Oh. Then I was not celebrating Valentine's Day. I was at school, maybe. Oh. On a school night. Oh, we also, we went to school the same year. We were in high school that, that, together that year. Yeah. That's true. I was finishing freshman year. You were finishing senior year. Yep. Aw. I only remember, I only have one memory of you, Jeremy, in high school. Well, other, I mean, at school. And it was, I was walking to the cafeteria and I saw you rounding a corner and walk away, like behind a wall. And that was it. All That's right. That's the only memory I have of you is you I was walked actually, behind a wall. I was a ghost in high school. I walked through a wall. Oh, you, you just... walked. Well, you're not a fire. Like ghosts can't go through walls. Fires can though. You said ghost. Ghosts aren't fires. That's a community reference and a really good one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I, it's like that scene in um, Inception when Leonardo DiCaprio sees his kids and he doesn't ever get to see their faces. It's the same way. I never got to see Jeremy's face. And then he walks out of frame because he walked behind the wall because he's walking down the hallway. That was a really good stat, Breezy. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Breezy, what are your, what's your stat? My stat is, uh, well, first, here's a hot take. Inception, bad movie. Whoa. Not great. No, you just got confused. You're not smart enough to understand it. Maybe, but yeah, I feel like it's a lot to do about nothing. Yeah, you have to be scholarly like the rest of us probably. to really to really enjoy that movie. That's probably Inception and Avatar, bad movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, Avatar didn't age well. I'm with you on Avatar. Uh, so well, I can tell you where you guys where I was. 2009, I was in New York City. Oh, fancy boy, uh, and the Pacers lost again. <laughs> Go figure. Sorry, it's just hard to find winning stats, apparently. Yeah, I'm starting to question if you're a Pacers fan, too. That's not even true. It's very easy to find winning games for the Pacers. Winningest home record in this past decade for the Eastern Conference. And one of the best records overall. Yep. Well, when I look for these players, and I'm looking at Pacers legends and the best games they had, and I'm thinking about, mm, I don't know, Troy Murphy, (laughs) left-handed in-and-out specialist, who on this night... Had 19 points and 21 rebounds. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, you heard that right. 19 Ooh. and 21. He's a regular Goga out there. Yes, he, he is. G League Goga. G League Goga. He really is. Um, So a shocking stat and maybe the best game of Troy's Indiana career, but perhaps even more shocking was the performance from an opponent on the Knicks, a double... Pacers stat of the day feature Al Harrington. 
Oh, double. Double trouble. Had 27 points in this game for the Knicks. Wow. Oh, for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the twilight of his career. <laughs> Was he the leading scorer for the Knicks that year? Or that season, I mean. I mean, that game. Jeez. Gosh. <laughs> I just have a stroke. I'm going to guess on the season it was David Lee. In this game, it was Nate Robinson, oh. who had 41 points off the bench. For real? What? 41 points, yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Good for him, man. Now, a minute ago, you said you looked this up. Do you not know these stats off the top of your head? <laughs> no, I do. I just have to confirm something i know all the pacer stats off the top of my head i thought i was i had been lied to this entire time yeah no i he's a human stat book no i remember all the pacer stats i obviously have to look up um the other team stats because i'm the biggest pacers fan uh in the world really and yes Uh, size wise or just like well size doesn't matter but um Jeff Foster had a 48 offensive rating in this game, so that's... Is that good? I'm, you'd basically be better playing four on five. <laughs> 48's really bad. That means, like, if you have a 48 offensive rating, that means if it was just five of him, they would have scored 48 points. <laughs> sure. I don't think that's yeah. how it works. Because that'd be a really low scoring I'm going to guess if there were five Jeff Fosters on the same team, they would score zero points. Hang on. Jersey retired Jeff Foster. Wait, they probably really? would have scored at least 50 points that game. Does he actually have his jersey retired? In 2009, that team would have been unstoppable. He doesn't have his jersey retired. I got him confused with Reggie Miller. I don't even know if he has he his jersey retired at the college yeah. he went to. Um, when Nick Collison got his jersey retired, in my head since then, I've like faintly believed that Jeff Foster must have his retired then. That's not terrible rationale because... Jeff Foster was maybe a better player than Nick Collison, and he for sure was a better player than Nick. Collison. Yeah, so that's not even a question. And Nick Collison was just kind of poop for a long time. Uh, he could be the worst player to have his jersey retired ever, right? Mm. Who, if you, th- if Nick Collison played in the era with Wilt Chamberlain, who would be better? Well, Wilt Chamberlain. Don't get into a Wilt Chamberlain discussion <laughs> with me. I, I don't have time to break all this down. Look, if you want to know the truth, <laughs> Jack's trying to silence me. If you want to know the truth about Wilt Chamberlain and how good he was, look up Wilt Chamberlain archives on YouTube and go through the footage. Look at the numbers. Look at the history. There's a conspiracy from the NBA to make to prop up Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that there are more options out there. Whoa. This Hot is take. the worst stat of the day we've ever done. There are more <laughs> options than Michael this Jordan and LeBron terrible. James. Wow. Go watch some Kareem highlights. Go watch some Wilt highlights. Oh, okay. Form your own opinions. You know, it's like when your parents take you to church as a kid, when you grow up, You have to do astrology and figure out things for yourself. (laughs) And I'm done talking now. All right, Breezy. Thank you for that stat of the day and anti-Michael Jordan take. Sometimes we all need to hear that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Before we get into what we have for you today and talking about some games, uh, we always have our shout-outs. Jack, who do we have today? All right, so we got four shout-outs today. And as always... 
I'm fairly certain I've missed a few, but or at least one. But I have four. So if you don't hear your name, just stand up, yell, and then message me on Instagram or Twitter and just say, hey, you messed you messed up and missed me. <laughs> so uh number one, we have R Brown eight oh eight. Um Thank you. Cool. That's the same last name as someone in this room. That's your wife. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh it's definitely my wife. All right. Uh next we have Ty underscore Momo. Thank you. So give me some Mo of Ty Mo Mo. Oh, what if it's Ty Montgomery from the New York Jets? I have oh. a I have a hunch that it is, actually. From the time that it was posted, it would have been I mean, an eastern time zone post. Sure. So Good. I mean that narrows it down. Ty yeah. Montgomery plays for the Jets, right? There you go. So it could be. There's a chance. That trims down three different sections of the United States, so there's just one left. Eastern time zone. No, I got that when you said Eastern time zone the first time. (laughs) So Ty Montgomery or whomever you are, whomstever, whoever. (laughs) Whomstever. Whomstever. Whoever you are, shout out. Next, we got Tearful Salt. Tearful hyphen salt. Thank you. Um. And tearful, I think you spell it T E A R F U L. They spell it T E A R F U L L. So it's like tearful salt. Maybe it's tearful salt. Oh, tearful salt. But tearful is one word, and then there's a hyphen, and then salt. Oh, so I don't so, know. Sounds like we there's have a, a lot going listener on there. out there. There's yeah. a lot going on there. They they said this content goes hard. Ten out of ten. All Love right. it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I, that's actually how I describe this podcast. Well, to we were going to go easy today. <laughs> But I guess no. Oh, we, we have, were. We well, I was. Play, I always go hard. Ten out of ten. All right. Um, and then last but not least, we got Ben one seven two seven two seven. So there, that means there was one hundred seventy two thousand seven hundred twenty six bins before this one. Well, maybe they were born on the twenty seventh day of the seventeenth month of nineteen twenty seven. Oh, that's that's a possibility. On as an well. alien planet where there are seventeen months. Yeah. He says, or she says, as Pacer fans, it's a must list. It gives more insights on the team and even some insane interviews. Uh correction, interview. <laughs> but thanks, Ben. And he says, would recommend. I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah, we got some great listeners out there, so you know who you are. Um, and we're so thankful for you guys uh for taking for the time sure. to listen to this pod. So that's that's all the shout outs I got today, Jeremy. Yeah, and be sure. Thank you for the sh- for the um, review, but also it's a huge help if you share and get other people to listen to it as well. Uh, we want to keep growing and get bigger and bigger. But thank you for the review. Oh for shoot, sure. dude, I missed one. Who is it? This is from Scalabrizi, titled "The Pacers Are King Again." Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So shout out Scalabrizi, wh- whoever you are, you know who you are. Shout out. What do you think, Breezy? I think it's the review that keeps on reviewing. Yes, it does. what it sounds like to me. Yes. All right, Jeremy, what do we have today? All right, we're right around the middle of the season. Uh, I believe the Pacers have played 41 games or 40 games. Some other teams are right around 41 and 42 as well. Because we're 25 and 15 at this moment. There you you go. So we want to talk about, look back at the first half of the season, see how things are shaping up, and just take a look at where we're standing right now. So, Jack, do you want to start with how we think these players are living up to expectations? Or you yes. want to talk about some best moments? Uh, Let, let's do player do expectation versus reality. All right, that sounds good. So, um, 
we wrote down every single player who's played for the Pacers or who has cheered from the sidelines for the Pacers. Victor Oladipo. Oh, I didn't write him down. Oh, I wrote him down. Because <laughs> I want to say if he overachieved or met expectations or underachieved. Oh, okay. Is that the words we decided to use? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. So we wrote all these guys down. We, without a time machine, went back in time in our heads and tried to remember how we thought about these players coming into the season and what we expected from them. So, for example, TJ Leaf. No, I don't want to give TJ Leaf example. I was fighting it in my head to not say TJ Leaf. Why did you do it then? I don't know. It just <laughs> happened. Um, for example, Doug McDermott. Or Yeah, for example, Doug McDermott. Like, my expectation for him before like giving too much away because I don't want to hear Jeremy's yet. But my expectation for Doug McDermott was the exact same. Like I want, I expect him to play the exact same as he did last year where he comes in every so often, hits some shots, but doesn't really swing the um, flow of the game at all. So that was my expectation for him. What, has he overachieved, underachieved, or met the uh, met my expectation? I might say he overachieved, to be honest. So You're going to have to wait and find out. Yeah, well, well okay. <laughs> You've ruined it. You yeah, you'll have to wait and find out. I don't out. want to give away too much, but here's exactly what I think about him. Yeah, uh, strike that if you've heard it. Just ignore it. Um, we'll go over it again. But that's just an example. So we're going to go through every single one of these players and um, share some of our opinions. If you guys have different opinions, let us know. We'd love to talk about it. Uh, DM us. Call sure. Jeremy at 812. I'm just kidding. Okay, Jeremy. Uh, where do you want to start? Malcolm Brogdon. Let's start with Brogdon. Yeah, I want to do the lineup. In order of right, usually that how it goes. Good. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so Malcolm Brogdon, going into the season, what were your expectations? So going into the season, I expected him to be an all-star, uh-huh. to be honest. I, I mean, I, I think we probably had the same opinion. Well, I guess we'll find out in a second. So I expected Brogdon to be an all-star. I expected him to score, I don't know, like 22 points a game and like six assists. And then also shoot at a really high clip. Mm-hmm. So just based off of that, I think he would underachieve, but at the same time, he's also led this team really well, which I didn't expect. He's gotten more assists than I expected. He hasn't shot the highest percentages, and he hasn't scored as much as I expected, but I still think he's in contention to be an all-star, and I think he's led this team better than I could have ever expected. So I'm going to go ahead and say met my expectations. Well, I think you might be one of the only people who were expecting him to be an all-star this season. So that's weirdly high expectations from you there well you know like it was between him warren sabonis or turner and for me i was like well it has to be brogdon right he's gonna have a big opportunity he's already shot high percentages in milwaukee so like why can't he be better here and because i didn't have those crazy high expectations that you had he overachieved for me yes for i was expecting a lot of what we saw of him in milwaukee last year and i think he's done that and more for the pacers this season for sure heck yeah i can see that you know i'm I'm i'll probably swing a little more towards overachieved but i'm right at met my expectations the only thing holding him back is the health concerns yeah which weirdly going into the season it was all about is his foot gonna hold up and every other part of his body yeah. has had a problem besides the foot most recently his throat due to strep throat yeah which hopefully he was still contagious playing against the sixers because we need to get as many games on them as possible so hopefully some of the sixers get some strep throat <laughs> and they lose some <laughs> games well, actually, wait. Let me take that back. I, I don't wish any harm on any players. It's really weird. I was just going to move on. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Good point. Uh, who you got next? Uh, let's do uh, Victor Oladipo. Okay. That's probably not what you expected. No. Okay. Well, let's you just... said let's do the starting lineup, and then you picked a player who hasn't played all season. Yeah, uh, I haven't been my starting lineup on this. I'm looking ahead. You know how excited I've been for Oladipo. That's true. How excited all of us have been. 
Um, so let's just go ahead and do Oladipo. Jeremy, tell us about what you expected from Oladipo coming into the season. I expected him not to be on the bench as much as he has been. Um, and he's been on the bench a ton. He's been up celebrating. That's a great take. Great outfits. He's overachieved for me so far this season. Yeah. <laughs> hey, outfits are great. Has those um, T-shirts underneath the blazer. Mm-hmm. Every night, you never know what he's going to wear. And always that water jug in his hand. Yep. Man, he's he's been great for the Pacers. I'm also going to say overachieved. But part of me, too, is thinking, well, didn't we kind of expect him to play already? Uh, Yeah, but also no. Yeah, no. Yes, the hopes, no. The hopes were always early comeback, but the reality was always take the time. Yeah, which we're all okay with him taking time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go overachieve. All right. We're in agreement. Yes, on a player who hasn't played this year <laughs> has overachieved. <laughs> All right, so next, T.J. Warren. Yeah, let's do T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. All right, so you talk about T.J. Warren because you liked him more coming into the season. I'll go first. That way you can apologize (laughs) in a minute. Uh, I had decently high expectations of T.J. Warren. Like Brogdon, the only thing I thought would hold him back would be uh, injuries, and that hasn't been a problem for him pretty much all year. Uh, I expected these high-scoring games that he has, uh, the type of play that we get from him, and he's right on target for me. Huh. So my biggest concern with him was consistency and defense. And so far, his consistency is getting better for me. It started out rough after the preseason. I mean, after the preseason, I expected him to score 30 a night, too. <laughs> but Which I told you not to. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been up and down on him a lot. So um, defense, he stepped up. He actually, yep. I mean, last night against the 76ers, he sealed the game with the block. Yep, he played um, really well. On Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. Right? Or someone. I think Josh Richardson. So um Warren stepped up on defense. He's working hard, which they don't teach you in Phoenix. Um and he's been more consistent recently. I really like him now. I had a really hard time liking him probably the first fifteen games of the season yeah, because he struggled. Yeah, I really well, I just hate those shots that he takes sometimes. And now I'm like, well, that's just how he plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's probably really easy to hate the way that Sean Marion shoots, but at the same time yeah. he hits his shots. So with that two-hand flick from the chest. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's overachieved. No. For you, he's definitely yeah, overachieved. Yeah, you're right. You, you almost changed my mind, but, yeah, I think, I, think, I think he's overachieved. For me, he can get bumped up to overachieved if he can improve his three-point game, which yes. is one of the few things he struggles with game to game. Yeah, totally. Uh, how about Jeremy Lamb? Uh, Jeremy Lamb coming in. Um, I expected him... From last season to now, I expected him to step up on defense, just mm-hmm. like T.J. Warren. I mean, same concerns for me and consistency. Um, I thought he'd be a better three-point shooter, mm-hmm. which as of late, especially, like, hasn't really been. Yeah. And uh, I really expected him to be a great sixth man when Oladipo comes back. So that's, I mean, that jury's still out there. Still in play. Yep, yeah. still in play, which I think he really will be. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, with the way that he has, uh, the, with the glimpses we've seen of him in the starting lineup with how good he can be, yeah, I think coming off the bench, like, with a second unit that moves the ball around, or, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows where he's going to be once right. Oladipo comes back. Right. But, I mean, with the bench, with the way they move the ball around and his skill level, I think he's going to be great. So, so far, I think he's underachieved for me. Yeah, I'm also hitting at my first underachieved right oh, here. Okay. And I give out that underachieved because... Not because I don't think he's been playing super well all year, which he's had his up and downs, but my concern is he is too far down the uh, like our options list. You go through all the options, you get you have 
Brogdon and Sabonis. You got Warren. And then when other guys are on the court, like Justin Holiday's right there, Miles Turner's right there. Uh, I feel like he needs the ball in his hands a little bit more yeah. to get in a flow, and he doesn't have that opportunity. And I'm wondering if when if he gets bumped to that second unit, and not bumped in a bad way, just like that's your role, you're going to do this. Maybe, Which he, he expected that coming to the season, speaking of expectations. Yeah, hopefully he can get into a flow more often and really get into the offense, and then we'll see him blossom. Yeah, but and we'll the way see. the second unit moves the ball around too, like, I mean, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, What I will add is... Currently this season, he's shooting 44% from the field and 34% from three. Mm-hmm. That's rounded up from 33.6. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so 33.6, 34. He's shooting okay. Yeah. I'd like, it, I'd like it to be higher, but I mean. No, I don't. By by no means do I think he's had a bad season. Yeah. Just from where my expectations were going in, it's, he's not quite met them. Right. Um. And one more thing I've been thinking about too recently with him and Warren is they came from systems where they didn't really play defense or tough on defense. They didn't exert a lot of energy. Now they're in a system where the coaches are expecting you to work hard on defense or else you're coming out of the game. Right. And they're exerting energy in new ways that they haven't in years. Yeah, well, plus beyond that, coming from systems with uh, Devin Booker and Kimba Walker with two very ball-dominant guys. Yeah. And now you're on you're on a team that shares the ball a ton just trying to get used to it. Like it's great having the ball in your hand more. Yeah. But now you got to get used to having the ball in your hand more. Yeah. And TJ Warren definitely has figured it out. Yes. Um, it, he's figured out this system better than Lamb has so far. But I mean, it's going to work out for Lamb. He's a good enough player where for sure he's going to put all this together. He's already shooting pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, realistically, rest of the season, his percentages will probably go up. And, and when Oladipo comes back, he'll be more efficient as well. I agree. Okay. So let's move on to Demonis Sabonis. What were your expectations coming into the season? They were high. High expectations. Okay. And he overachieved. Whoa, dude. <laughs> he's been so good. Yeah. I don't think you can say he's been anything but overachie- over an overachiever. This it year. has to be overachieved. I mean, there's no way anyone could have expected this from Sabonis. Right. I mean, there's a chance he was coming off the bench this year, too. Yeah, and we was- even talked about trading him before the season, which we really ate crow on that. Is that the saying? We ate crow? Yes. Okay. I don't really ever want to eat crow, but... It doesn't Me really neither. sound that good. No, I don't think so. I wonder what it tastes like. Let's not talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> so, so bonus. Yeah, I'm. I feel the same way. He's overachieved. He's been someone that we can run the offense through when he gets the ball. Yeah. Great passer. Great score inside. I mean, he can pretty much score on anybody except for Andre Drummond. And his three point shooting is improving as well. Yeah. And there's been a noticeable improvement as the season. And he on. hasn't been throwing up random threes either. Like if he has an open three, he makes sure that before he takes it, that he's the best choice for that shot, which I like. Which is, it's good and bad, because yeah. sometimes he definitely double clutches it, and it looks bad, and you know it's going to miss. And you know it's going to miss, yeah. Because totally. he thought about it too much. But if once he figures it out, and he can just take that shot in the flow of the offense, like Turner, Turner's been lights out. On oh, yeah, side. amazing. And speaking of Turner, let's go on to Turner. Oh, good segue. Who has been incredible three-point shooter this season. Yeah. Um, I thought he had a little bit of a rough start. And he went through some injuries at the beginning of the year, too. But I think he's been right on target with my expectations so far. What do you think? I think he's underachieved for me. Mm. And here's why. Three-point percentage, it has been great. It, I feel like every time he shoots, he's going to hit it. He's shooting 35% from three right now. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot better than it actually is. Obviously, he's had his struggles on offense and on defense. This is the first year where I've looked at him and said, wow, maybe he's not that great of a defender. 
He guards the rim really well. He still gets his blocks. He's averaging 2.1 this season. And you can, I mean, when he's blocking shots, like it is a game changer for the Pacers. But, I mean, as far as this season goes, what I expected from him was a potential all-star, like a fringe all-star, maybe. Like there was a chance. I, I knew we were going to have one or two coming into the season just based on record. But I didn't expect him to be averaging 12.9 and 6 this season. It's a big drop-off from where he's been the past couple of years. And, I mean, even just watching him, it seems like he has taken a step back. As of late, he's looked a lot better, especially. See, I did I did not hold the beginning of the season against him. Okay. Because he is playing a lot better than he was earlier in the season. If you look at his last three uh, games, right? Well, his last three games, just the last seven games, he's up to 16 points a game, uh, almost eight rebounds a game, and two blocks per game. I mean... That's good. He's he's playing really well. I saw him right snatch now. a couple rebounds recently too, and yeah. you don't really see him do that. He's kind of lazy when he grabs rebounds usually. So, yeah, you know what? Maybe as of late he's met expectations, but I think the season in whole, or as a whole, like he's underachieved for me. It could be that he played for USA in the summer and got worn out that way and didn't get into the flow of things with the Pacers, and then also went to India, and like never really had that chance to get ready for the season. And he's just now figuring it out. But as a whole, like, for me, he's underachieved. With hopes of overachieving. Ooh, you really disagree with me. Yeah, well, I don't think... (laughs) You're not even talking to me. I don't think you had that high of expectations for him before the season started. Really? We were both higher on Sabonis than we were on Turner. Huh. I can't remember now. So I'm I'm not sure how your expectations for him must have been super high for him not to have met them. They kind of were. And I just I don't remember you thinking that way before the season started. I just I when I watch him play the big thing for me is defense. When I watch him play defense, I just feel like he can't guard people anymore. He can protect the rim, but I mean he's in my mind taking a step back. See, I'm not I don't know if I agree with that either. I feel like he's been doing well on defense. Yeah. Why why do you think where do you see him not doing as well on defense? I just uh, his lateral quickness is slow. He he's he runs down the court like Roy Hibbert used to run down the court a lot of times, like just clunking. Well, down. these are these are things we've known about him. These aren't <laughs> new things. Well, for me, I'm just like my perception coming into the season after not watching him for a while was okay. He's going to kill it on defense. Like people aren't going to score on him this year, but it's happening. I think part of it is he's being moved away from the basket a bit more. Sabonis is defending in the post, mm-hmm. so he's not getting those opportunities. He's having to defend in a different. He's probably way. a better defender than Sabonis. So you're just seeing him do a different thing, yeah. and you're you're taking it as he's not as good when really he's just playing defense differently. Ooh, so you think he is as good? Or yeah, better? I don't. I don't see a drop off in his defensive play. Interesting. Agree to disagree. I guess I like him on offense being a stretch five, though. I think people need to realize like that's just what his role is right now. And then when Sabonis is out, he'll go score some points in the paint. What? Of course, if people haven't realized that, they're crazy. <laughs> that's what he's been all season. Yeah, that's I mean, how we use him. All right, all right. I just don't understand where your expectations were for him to have not met them. My that's all I'm saying is he's met my expectations. He was in he was in my head a possibility to be an all star this year. There's no shot he's an all star this year. In my head, coming into the season, I thought, okay, if he puts up 16 points and 10 rebounds and is on a top four or five team in the East, he's an all star. Why did you think he was going to put up 10 rebounds? Because they're, I don't know. When does he ever prove to you that he can do that? (laughs) 
Neffer, but exactly. he's young still. Like he could have taken a step. Just, That's the thing. He played for USA. How many how many years in a row does he not have to take a step for you for you to stop thinking he's going to take a step? This is the year. This was me before the season. This, this is the year for well, I last have that, year it clicked with me. This, I have that blind I said, pacer faith. I said this is who he is, and I'm okay with that. Okay, well, I watched every USA game too, and I thought, okay, he is legit. We're also, good to go. Okay, but watching every USA game. Uh, well, the Pacers preseason ruined your opinion of Warren at the beginning of the season, too. Yes. So, okay. So maybe as you as we've taking... already figured out, yeah, preseason, my expectations after preseason were ridiculous. Yeah. For Warren and Turner, probably. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I I remember saying there's a chance he's an all-star this year. Right now, there is there a chance he's an all-star this year? No. No, there's zero chance. And that's fine. So, is he, yeah, like, he's still, I love, I've been loving watching him play recently. Because he's been good. And especially the, I can't remember who the Pacers played a few days ago when Sabonis was out and Turner started and got 27 points. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so good to see. And that's who Turner can be. He's just playing his role, and I appreciate him for that. But is he as good as I expected him to be? No. All right, we're going to have to put a I don't think up. he's a bad player. Let me clear this up. for this one. You're going to. You didn't even pump the brakes on me once. I Because I was yelling at you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a fun, loving. Like, hey, slow down, Jack. No, I just think you're wrong. <laughs> we'll we'll let the people decide. So you said Met not over, right? Okay, it, that's that's all I was expecting from you was Met expectations. We're gonna put that. We're gonna ask it on uh, Instagram right now. All right, I posed the question: Has Miles Turner underachieved, met your expectations, or overachieved this season? Let's see if anyone responded yet. Oh, we have a a couple responses. I'll read the first one. Jeremy Bale says, met my expectations. That's a smart guy right there. <laughs> I like that guy. Um, Hayden Pope said, met my expectations. I like that guy, too. That's smart the only guy. two so Let's far. Let's put him in the ring of honor. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. We have to vote. So you say yes. <laughs> I say no. Austin, what do you say? You know what? I'm not Catholic, so I vote no. <laughs> That's fair. You heard it here first. Austin is not Catholic. He doesn't respect the Pope. Uh, we'll get back to that later. We'll see how everybody votes. Yeah, we'll talk about um, it at the end. But let's move on to the next player right now. Okay. Um, which I have Aaron Holiday. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. How do you? Who's feel our about- sixth man actually right I, now? I could not tell you. It's probably Justin Holiday, right? I think so. But after the Philly game, it might be TJ McConnell. We have so many rotate different players doing different things. Yeah. It's just it's hard to say. If you had to pick at the end of the season your sixth man of the year for the Pacers. Or actually, let's just say midseason, so we can just do say. it now, because we're forty games in. Next game's halfway through the season, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you had to pick your sixth man of the year right now, who is it for the Pacers? I think I'd have to go Justin Holiday. Interesting. I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Ooh, let's do his brother agree. Aaron Holiday. <laughs> um, okay, so Aaron Holiday, uh, has he met under or overachieved this season? He's overachieved for me. Okay. Um, I was expecting more of what we saw from him last year, and I think he's really gone above and beyond that. He has a couple games this season where he's had a ton of points and assists and played super well. Uh, he's been a great fill-in when uh, Brogdon or McConnell are hurt, and I really like what we've seen from him. Yeah. Uh, for me, he's underachieved. I'm kidding. He's overachieved. <laughs> he ha- He's definitely overachieved. I mean, there's a game that we're going to talk about later that I'm going to bring up when he, I mean, it was the game when we played the Raptors. Mm-hmm. We went into overtime, and he just won the game for us. Yeah. nineteen. I mean, he had 19 points, but he just took over in overtime. Yep. And that alone, for me, is is overachieving, because 
you know, I didn't know where his spot on the rotation would be. We were saying before the season, man, I really hope he plays. Yeah. That's, and that's all I was hoping for was yeah, him to get playing time. We just wanted him to play. And he's getting playing time. He starts when Brogdon's out or when Jeremy Lamb's out. Mm-hmm. He starts alongside Brogdon. And, I mean, he's he's been good. Like, any given night, he'll put up 20 points. Yeah. Or at least 18. So, overachieved. We agree. Uh, after that Miles Turner debacle, <laughs> we agree on one. Let's go over to our other backup point guard, TJ McConnell. Ooh, okay. What are your thoughts on him? This is tough because coming to the season – I really wanted him to take a step back and make way for Aaron Holiday. Uh-huh. So my expectations for him was not playing because that's just what I wanted in my heart. Uh-huh. Talent-wise, I didn't really know what to expect. So I'm just going to go ahead and say overachieve because he's been so fun to watch and so good in that second unit. I don't think you can say anything other than overachieve. Yeah. Like, him on – he was not this – Good on. I don't think he was this good on the Sixers last year. I don't. That's the thing. I don't. I don't know. Watching them last night, I feel like they clearly need him. Yeah. Because they. Who, who's their backup point guard? Uh, Neto. He Neto. Came in yeah. Raul Neto. Shots, but like nobody else really. Um, Raul Neto's the point guard version of Jokic. Like just kind of chunky. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, that's an overachieve for me, bro. Yeah. Same here, bro. So. <laughs> TJ McConnell, overachieve, overachieve. We're, I feel like we're going to have a lot of overachieve. I think in, so. Until we get to the third TJ on this list. All right. Let's move on to the other holiday, Justin Holiday. Yeah, it's another overachieve for me. Yeah, honestly, same. <laughs> you know what, though? I was I thinking just, about this. I didn't know what to expect from him yeah. this season, and he's been great. That's that's the thing. I was thinking about this earlier. We When we would read our free agents – that we signed in the offseason, he was always the last person we read. Yeah. He was an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, it was someone I, I know on a few occasions we would forget about. Yeah. I, I actually got a message one time on Instagram because I was talking about the free agents and someone messaged, they're like, hey, what about Justin Holiday? He's pretty good. I'm like, oh, whatever. And that's on us. We just missed missed this one. Yeah. Like, well, we were, it's also we were because off. there were 13 other guys to be really excited about. Mm-hmm. And Justin Holiday was a 30 year old where it's like, ah. Eh. Right. Like, what, what's, how good can he actually be? He's been great. He's been really good. It's helped that question. he has his brother, his little brother, to play with. And their chemistry is off the it's, chart. It's unreal. They, when Whenever, you watch, Aaron Holiday passes it right to his pocket every time, and Justin Holiday yeah. like, gets the ball Whenever right Whenever one it. of them passes to the other for a three, it you seems know it's like it in. goes in every yeah, time. Yeah, it feels that way. So overachieve for both of us. Yes. Justin Holiday started the season as someone we forgot about, and he's turned into our sixth man of the year. Yep. Quickly. Who you want to do next? Um, Let's do Doug McDermott. Dougie McBuckets. Uh, you go first on this one because this is my apologies guy. <laughs> okay, for me, I looked at how he played last season for us and compared it to this season. So last season, he was just, it felt like he was just there. He scored really well from three when he got the shots, but it didn't feel the same way as this season. So coming in, I kind of just thought, well, he'll shoot, he'll score every so often, but it won't be a game changer. He's definitely been a game changer, which now that I'm saying this, I guess it's been a minute since we first introduced this segment. But I think that's literally exactly what I said to start this segment. I so, think so. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> so I'm going to say overachieved. Yeah, he's definitely overachieved for me. Uh, coming into the season, I was disappointed with how he played last season. I felt like he missed a lot of shots that I thought he should be making. Yeah. And this year, he's hitting those shots, and he's being more of a playmaker. And it's really fun to watch when he's on the court. Leading our team in three-point percentage, can you guess what he's shooting? Uh, 85%. Close. Divide that by two, and you're pretty much there. Oh, 33%. Okay. 
He is shooting 30, I mean 40. Shoot, I lost it now that I said it. He's shooting 43.8% this season. 43, that's really good. 43.8. Yeah. So 44 pretty much. So, I mean, if he gets the ball and he's shooting at the top of the three, it feels like it's going in every time. So he's definitely overachieved for both of us. I agree. Yeah. Um, Um, Oh, I have a quick question, though, piggybacking off of this. There's four players on the Pacers who have not started a game for the Pacers this year, other than Oladipo. Can you name those four? Are they two-way players or just like in? Well, just people who have played for the Pacers this season. Four of them haven't gotten a start this year. Can you name them? Doug McDermott. Okay. Um, Goga. No, he started twice. Oh, Uh, Alizé Johnson. Alizé. Um, did Naz start? He game? didn't. Naz, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And I don't know who's the last one. Brian Bowen, your arch nemesis. Oh yeah, obviously, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah. So those are the only four guys who haven't gotten to start. Poor Doug McDermott. Honestly, like TJ okay. McConnell started one. Justin Holiday has two. Edmund Sumner has two. I think he's okay with it. Goga has two. TJ Leaf has a. TJ Leaf has more starts than Goga Batad. Or I mean, than Inex- Doug McDermott. Inexplicable. This year. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, I think we can kind of just roll through the rest of these. Okay, but we got to go Goga. All right, Goga. Okay, what's your, what has he met? Uh, he's meeting over? my expectations. Okay. In the G League, he's overachieving. Yes. <laughs> In the NBA, just because he doesn't get the minutes and he's clearly not up to up to speed yet. Um, you see what he could be in the G League, though. He kills it in the G League games. Yeah. But uh, he's just, he uh, doesn't get enough minutes in the NBA, but he's meeting my expectations. I disagree with you on this. Ooh. And I don't want to get into another fight. So, <laughs> okay. It's a very low impact disagree. Okay. I think he's underachieved. Really? Yes. With how hyped Nate McMillan and the Pacers were coming into this season, or, I mean, in the draft, when they found out that the Spurs didn't draft Goga and that Goga was going to fall to the Pacers, uh-huh. apparently the draft room like exploded and they're like, we have to get this guy. They yeah. got him. His uh, favorite player all time was Zaza, which was disappointing. Yes. Which at that point, anything would have been an overachievement for me. <laughs> but as the offseason progressed and the hype for Goga became a thing, um, I kind of expected him to come in and be a contributor. And he's not there yet. He had See, three good games when he started the season where he started and got four blocks in each game. But he looks lost. But let me add, I am so pumped for Goga going forward. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be so you. good. He's just young and doesn't understand the game yet. And the only reason I also don't say underachieve is because I don't want to hold lack of minutes against him. Like, he, I think he played like two minutes last night. Yeah. Like, you're not going to be able to do much in those in that short amount of time. Part of the underachieve, too, for me is Miles Turner was my only underachiever so far, so I felt like I had to put another. <laughs> and I, I really do. Like, it's a terrible a, way to do he's this a game. Slight, he honestly is a slight underachieve for me. Because, like, I, I seriously thought he'd come in, be a, a lottery pick, talent level player. And it's just like he's a project and he's going to be good one day. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, that's fair. He's a project, but he's not where he needs to be. He's not where I expected him. I mean, he's exactly where he needs to be in the system. Um, let's, let's actually roll through some of these other guys. Okay. There's not much to say. Well, let's just go that. through Brian Bowen then. Uh, who cares? Okay. Well, he's, Jeremy just hates Brian Bowen. Let's clear I'm this up. I'm fine with Brian Bowen. But as a Louisville fan, how do you feel? Fine. Just fine. No way, dude. He's a great guy, I'm sure. You guys almost won a championship in 2013. It's, it's his dad's fault. And it's his fault. It's his dad's fault. Yeah, but he knew about it. Not according to him. <laughs> well, of course not according Hashtag to him. Hashtag believe Brian Bowen. <laughs> All right, so Brian Bowen, I'm going to put Met, and Jeremy's also going to put Met, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah. Sorry, I just put words in your mouth. Uh, Alizé Johnson. 
Alizé Johnson as underachieved for me. I expected him to contribute. He doesn't play. Um, he's met expectations for me because I didn't expect him to <laughs> contribute. I just thought there was a chance. Like he's another guy who's blown up in the G League, though. Yes, him but and Goga had the back to back. Or same, I mean, the same game had twenty points, twenty rebounds. Same problem. Too many guys ahead of him to get playing time. Yeah, and he's also a little undersized. Very undersized. Uh, Naz. Naz has overachieved. I think you're not allowed to say anything other than overachieved yeah, because, because of what he did in those games he played. For in. real, man. Like that one stretch that he had that one quarter of whatever game. I can't even remember what game it was. But I remember texting you and saying, this dude's legit. Yeah. So um, overachieved. He's also yeah. 27 or 28. So he's been at it for a while. So I guess we should have expected him to come in and be able to play grown man basketball. But Edmund Sumner. Edmund Sumner. Oh, this is a tricky one. I'm going to say Met. I also say Met for the same reasons as some of these other guys. Just lack of playing time. Too many guys ahead of him. Yep. He's been good when he's in. When he plays, he's good. Yeah. He two back-to-back. Or he did back-to-back double-digit scoring game. Mm-hmm. games. Gosh, I just messed that up. <laughs> uh, Hang on a second. He's <laughs> for sure underachieved for you. Ah, you're you're you kind of right. You were so high on him at, at the beginning of the season. I know, but when he plays, he's good. That's the thing. Yeah, but you you were expecting him to be good enough to play uh, starter minutes and put up. You know what? You're numbers. right. I was expecting him to play over Justin Holiday and T.J. McConnell. Yeah, uh, has he sure. underachieved for me? For you, wow. he has. You're right, dude. You just totally influenced my decision. I'm gonna go ahead and put under because you're right. I love Edmund Sumner, and I did expect him to you contribute more. And um, you know what? In in whole, he hasn't. Wow. Okay. Uh, J- Jakar Sampson. Jakar Sampson. Go ahead. Uh, we agree. I'm sh- I'm sure. Met, I guess. Oh, I don't okay. know what I was expecting from him. Yeah, I to for me, I expected him to not make the roster. I have him as overachieved. Oh wow. Yeah, I thought he was going to get cut. Huh. To be honest, I thought we'd keep like C.J. Wilcox or someone who's been in our system for a while. That's true. You did think that. I remember that. Yeah. I so, guess I didn't have any opinion going into the season. But did you have an opinion? So I guess I have no opinion now. <laughs> what about an opinion? Opinion. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry, I, I shouldn't have made fun of the way you said opinion. Uh, I think we have one player left. Okay. Unless I'm missing someone else. Um, <laughs> I think we hit everybody. Oh, yeah, actually. Oh, I have two more. Oh, okay. Who's the other one? Let's start with TJ Leaf. No, 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 no. Let's start with Walt Lemon Jr. Okay, no. Just TJ Leaf. <laughs> all right, then I just have one left. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to include Hashim Thabit in this at all? No. Okay. What about who else didn't make our roster? No one else has played for us. Okay. What about TJ Leaf? You want to include him? Uh, he is somehow underachieved. Somehow? I had rock bottom expectations for him this season, <laughs> and he's been below them. Um, I had somewhat decent expectations for him. So like top of the rock bottom? Yeah, I had top of the rock pile, but of the bottom of the pit. <laughs> right. And he has underachieved. He's – look – if he's ever a guest on this podcast, I hope he doesn't listen to this stuff. Gosh, yeah. Because it would be fun to have him on this podcast. I do I do feel mean sometimes. Yeah. He had a 14 rebound game this year. He did. But and also, we were so he's hyped. Just, he's just been I was not hyped. He's just been garbage. It's just you can't play him. And well, that that game sparked the podcast where I talked about his career high compared to the other true. players in his draft class. And you guys that's the that's also the podcast Nate, after when you guys told me I'm not allowed to talk about him anymore. Nate wanted for him to work so bad. Yeah. And it took a few games, but even now Nate knows, like, this, it's not going to work out. There's a chance he's the worst player in the league. 
I don't know about that. There's a chance. I'm sh- I'm sure there's a chance. Would he play on the Warriors? I uh, say I oh, say he would play. Dude, that's a that's a great question to ask <laughs> to see if someone's bad or not. I think he would play on the Warriors. Yeah, I think he I think he to be honest, I haven't watched Warriors games cuz I have no desire to. True. No desire. I don't I don't like watching D'Angelo Russell play. So when he plays, I'm like I I still don't care. I like watching him on the Nets. All right, yeah, the Nets are fun. All right, okay. TJ Warren under 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 where? LOL. All right, and then Walt Lemon. Do we both agree he's met? Whatever you say, man. <laughs> All right, so you want me to go through this list? All right, let's do it. Okay. Malcolm Brogdon. I said met because I had very high expectations for yep. him. Jeremy said over. If you want to defend any of these at any point, too, feel okay. free to speak up. Oladipo, we both said overachieved, even <laughs> though he hasn't played a game. But he's shown up to every single game and been awesome. He's been hyped, yeah. TJ Warren, I said overachieved because of my very low expectations for him coming into the season. Jeremy said met because of his relatively high expectations for him coming into the season. Yep. We both said overachieved for Demonis Sabonis. Obviously, he's yep. been a superstar. Miles Turner, I said underachieved. Jeremy said Matt. I didn't want to say this one because Jeremy's ready to yell at me again. And let's uh, oh here it goes. Let's go to the fan vote. <laughs> oh yeah, let's, let's go to the fan vote. We, let's see what we got. We had two Matt earlier, so so I'm just I'm, can I just read through all of them? How many are there? There's probably like fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one is under, two is Matt, three is over. I'm just saying this for me because people just put one, two, or three. So I just got to remember. All right. Okay. So we have, Jeremy, can you keep score? Do you have a pin? I, I got it here. Okay. You said one is under? One is underachieved, okay. I believe. Let me double check. Yeah, one is underachieved. Okay. So met my expectations. So two. We got a two from Hayden Pope, who also met. Jonas Spinner says under. Pacers underscore meme says met. Voyan Derudovic says under. Wasim Nafiesh. Fissa, not fish. I've always said fish, and I just realized now it's Fissa. Just, just fly through these. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he said Met. We have another Met from Hayden Luke. We have a Met from Austin Flickinger. We have underachieved, but not disappointing from KB Yancey, so under. We have under from Daniel Teixeira. We have Met from Chris Pratt. We have Met from Willem Seppel. Shout out Willem Seppel. We have underachieved from Zach. We have Met from Pacers Full Season, who says, new role, new role, he will get better. We have met expectations from Chance Bryant. We have one and a half <laughs> from person 31.4. So let's okay. just throw that one out. <laughs> or we can give a point to each. I gave a point to each. Good. I like that. So he got two votes. Yeah. Wow. Lucky. Uh, we have met expe- expectations from R. Hob. We have underachieved from Ben Cameron. A four from Austin Combs. <laughs> I'm not putting that on there. I don't want to read what he said with it. And then we have underachieved from all dot pacers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the shocking thing here is no one said overachieved. Yeah, crazy. Well, sort of shocking. Also, no, not what, shocking. We, what we expected. You, you'd think one person would at least say three, just not thinking and passing to say three. No one said any. No one said three. We had a four, and that wasn't even a choice. So early returns are eight underachieved and 12 met expectations. Ah! Man, at least it's close, I guess. Yeah. Well, but, at least we know we're right on about right there. There's there's an argument there. So there's we'll, an argument. we'll check back in later and see what we got. Going we'll get on. more. We'll get more. Right. So, okay. So, Turner, 
Then we have Aaron Holiday overachieved for Jeremy me as well. Yep. Justin Holiday overachieved for both. Yep. TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, the McDouble boys overachieved for both. Hate it. <laughs> I love the McDouble. I think that's the coolest nickname for them. Goga, I said underachieved. Jeremy said Met. Edmund Sumner, I said underachieved. Jeremy said Met. Even though I did say Met originally, Jeremy convinced me that yep. I did say under. <laughs> Jeremy Lamb, we both said underachieved, which is crazy now. Yeah. After talking about all these players, it does that just doesn't feel as right, but it's it's true. I, f- I feel like it's right. Yeah. Brian Bowen, we both said met in passing because we don't really care. Nas, wait, if he ever comes on this podcast, that'd be great. I really care. I have a lot to ask him about. Oh, yeah, dude, that'd be He's really a lot fun. to answer for. Dude. <laughs> Jeremy just gave me a dead stare, like anger. Wow, dude. But I'm fine with you. You do feel, yeah, he's wide-eyed and angry. All right. Nas Mitchell Long, we both have overachieved because of his few games that he just dominated. Mm-hmm. Also wore an Alan Lazard jersey to the Pacer game the other day from the Packers. Weird. Oh, Packers guy. Yeah, Packers guy. Maybe he knows Alan Lazard. Maybe. All right. Alizé Johnson, I said under. Jeremy said Matt. TJ Leaf, surprisingly, we both said underachieved. JK. Walt Lemon, we both said Matt. <laughs> and Jakar Sampson, <laughs> I said overachieved. Jeremy said Matt slash no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and I stand by that. Yeah, so there's a few di- discrepancies between us. But, I mean, for the most part, like I think we pretty much Mostly nailed it. Mostly based on... Just where our expectations were preseason, not so much how we feel about the players now. Yeah. We mostly agree on every player. And might I add, I've never said that. Why would I just say might I add? Sounds good. All right. Let me add. We never once. May you add. (laughs) Could I add? All right. I don't know. Could you? Ah. (laughs) All right. Not once, not for one of these players, did one of us say under and the other person said over. That's true. Which is cool. So yep. we're pretty much close. Like, I'm sure for the Met and under, or Met and over, like, it's somewhere in the middle for both of us. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's our list. If you guys have any other opinions about it, let us know. Yes, like, for sure. As always, let us know if you think we're just way off on somebody. Yeah. Um, Which is fun when you guys do. Like, we love talking to you love about, it, so, about it. Yeah. Hit us up. All right, Jeremy, what do we have next? Uh, to close out today, we're just going to do a little bit of game recap, a couple last games, and then talk about what we have going forward. Um, we're going to start with the. Charlotte Hornets game that happened last Monday, the 6th, uh, 115-104 win for the Pacers. TJ hmm. Warren had a big night. Jack, what were your takeaways from that game? Well, first of all, TJ Warren had a big night. It's a good one. And, I mean, it's the Hornets, so I don't really have a lot of takeaways, yeah, to be honest. To yeah, I mean, if we lost, I would have had a takeaway. But, I mean, I felt good. Devontae Graham didn't shred us up like nope, he did last time. But, I mean, we still won even when he goes off. So, yeah. like. Yeah, there's not much takeaway to take away from that. What do you have? Uh, same thing. Okay, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, TJ Warren had 36. That's crazy. Good win. Win the games are supposed to win. That's, yeah, that's what we need. To Is do. 36 points the highest point by a player this season for the Pacers? Um, it might be. Yes, and he's also one of three Pacers to have a 30 point game, and he's done it twice. Okay. Is the other Sabonis? Sabonis has also done it twice. Jeremy Lamb did it once. Jeremy Lamb is the other one. Uh, the next game was the Heat game, um, a tough loss for us, one twenty-two to one hundred eight. No Brogdon this game. That game sucked, dude. It was. It it oh, was bad. Hated that game so much, huge, dude. Huge, huge Sabonis game. Yeah, which it should be, uh, and almost every game is nowadays. Yeah, because is Bam good at defense? Really, he guards the rim. He's he's athletic. Good. I mean, he had eighteen nine and four. He's like, the type of player, solid, though. Solid game. Yeah. He's the type of player where Sabonis is going to go in and put up 27 points. Yeah. You you have to be the Andre Drummond body type for Sabonis. Oh, you mean the best player in the league? Yeah. <laughs> the best body type in <laughs> league history? 
for Sabonis not to have an amazing game against yeah. you. So, okay. What I will add is I really like Jimmy Butler, typically. Uh-huh. And he's someone that I think would fit the Pacers really well, just like the mentality of being a Pacer. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, I don't know if I like him anymore. He's a punk. I was very annoyed by that whole situation. God, that sucked, man. Jimmy I, Butler, I thought, clearly started it. Yeah. Oh, clearly. And I mean, people t- were like, oh, what did TJ Warren say to him? Like, probably not, probably said something back to him because Butler got annoyed with Warren yeah. first. Yeah, and then acted like he won the whole thing. Like it was so stupid. It was they so show, dumb. They both should have been tossed. It's weird that B- Butler didn't get tossed. He got fined more, which is more <laughs> reason he should have been tossed. Um, there's a. I mean, the only reason Warren got tossed is because he flipped him off, flipped off Jimmy Butler, which yeah. I totally missed. I like didn't even see that. So, oh really? Yeah, I posted about. It. I was like, yeah, he did something off camera. I didn't. I don't know what it was. I totally missed. Everyone's like, oh, he flipped him off. You you could see it on video. Um, I I haven't seen it yet. So. Also, the whole. Butler thing about like, oh, he, he can't guard me. I can guard him. He can't guard me. Okay, well, how about when you, we play you again with our best two, two of our best players on the floor when Brogdon and Old Depot come back? We'll see how the story shakes out yeah. then. I mean, also, Jimmy Butler only had 14 points that game. Yeah, it's not like he had an amazing game. Yeah, so, I mean, Warren only had three. He played right. 22 I'm minutes. I'm not saying Jimmy Butler didn't defend him well. I'm saying wait till we have... Yeah. All of our options back. He doesn't need to talk so much smack. And I then we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. That game was a bummer. But I, I also wasn't really expecting to win. I thought it'd be closer. I thought there'd be less drama. But yeah. you know the Pacers <laughs> sure. are loving it because Jimmy Butler circled it on the calendar the next game, yep. which will be a Banker's Life, which I would guess is going to be pretty full. Yeah, he's going to get booed. He will get booed like crazy. And I think the Turner's Block will boo the right person this time. Yeah. Uh, the next game was a 116-105 win over Chicago. Uh, no Brogdon, no Sabonis in this game. And Miles Turner took his opportunity and ran with Dude. it for 27-14. Yeah, so good. Who knew Miles Turner could get 14 rebounds? Honestly. Honestly, not me. Yeah. Um, so there was one great play. Miles Turner broke uh, Daniel Gafford's ankles, kind of. He stepped on his foot. I yeah. still count it. <laughs> I count it because do you remember that play when uh, Steph Curry was dribbling on the baseline? Chris Paul steps on Steph Curry's foot, falls back like he's playing Twister, and then Steph Curry hits a shot over him, yep. and it blew up. Mm-hmm. He still stepped on his foot. Whatever, it was still awesome. With Miles Turner, he stepped on Daniel Gafford's foot, and he just crumbled, and it was awesome. <laughs> and just to watch him thrive, that game was great too. So he looked good. Aaron Holiday looked great off the bench. Doug McDermott looked great off the bench too. Edmund Sumner had his second game in a row with double digit scoring. Yep. So it was fun. Jeremy Lamb put up another dud, but it's okay. He shows up every so often, and he's just like E.T. in that way. And that uh, that brings us to last night, which was... You have was... nothing to say about my E.T. reference? No. <laughs> you just want to move on? <laughs> I just want to talk about the Sixers game. All right, let's talk about the Sixers game. <laughs> Our producer was just doing an E.T. impersonation around the corner. It was strange. I didn't like it. Yeah, you. <laughs> that was really good. Your finger's really Evan long Turner, too. Wow. Phone home. Whoa, oh, et. Man. That's Lil crazy. Wayne. Phone home. Anybody? Yeah. Carter three. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that'll bring us to last night, which was January thirteenth game against the Philadelphia 76ers. Who was there? I was there. Jeremy was there. Uh, great game. 
no Embiid, which I hear people say, like, oh, the Sixers didn't have Embiid, so of course they didn't win. We haven't had Oladipo all season. <laughs> no one ever brings that up. Yeah, no one. Like, we're playing without our best player, too. Just yep. It's just we, you, he's not been there, so you don't notice. But what I will add is the 76ers don't look very good when Embiid's not on the court. That is very true. We look good when Oladipo's not on the court. Well, sometimes. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Unless we're playing the Miami Heat. Right. Or the uh, Detroit Pistons. Um, Especially the Pistons. So first half last night wasn't great. Pretty nope. low scoring. But Brogdon said at the end of the game, the chemistry was off, and they figured it out the ha- at the second half. Yes. So, I mean, it, may- it makes sense because he wasn't there for a few games. I mean, it was his first start of this uh, decade, turns out. I didn't even realize that. So, um, yeah, the chemistry was off. The team was trying to figure out how to put him back into the lineup, like what that would look like. And it just takes time. So it took a half, and he got it going. Or the Pacers got it going. Right. So at, at 518 left in the third quarter, Matisse Thibel, who had a really good game last oh, night. Oh, he I looks thought. good, man. He played really well. Yeah, he looks really good. He hit, a, he hit his second free throw to put them up 63-52. We went on a scoring run to almost tie it up, and then we passed them later on in the quarter. That was a turning point in the game. Yep. I didn't feel like we were going to lose after that. Yeah, sparked by TJ McConnell, his mm-hmm. heroics. Uh, what did it feel like in the stadium when TJ McConnell was... So I, I we had posted my winners and losers on Instagram, yeah. and I'll go into that a little bit more. So I said losers were the Sixers, of course, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I thought that was funny. Uh, slow start, which we were real rough yeah. towards the beginning, and Jack went into that a little bit. Uh, also, the crowd in the first half was terrible. Really? It was, it was real low energy. There wasn't, there, there wasn't a lot to cheer about, but you still got to cheer and get loud and stuff for the team. But that really turned around the second half. Everyone was yelling and standing up most of the fourth quarter, awesome. which was amazing. Uh, Brogdon was super clutch the whole second half of the fourth quarter. He did miss one free throw. He missed one free throw, but that was it. He yeah. was hitting shots the rest of the time. Uh, and then bounce scoring from the whole team, a bunch of guys in double figures again, which Crazy. is our calling card this season. It was a really fun game to be at. Uh, I'm sure it was a really fun game to watch on TV, Oh, so too. fun. And you didn't see the mic'd up T.J. McConnell thing, but if you saw that on TV, it was great content. Yeah, Jack played it for me earlier. It sounds Pure hilarious. comedy. Yeah, and, and it was his old team, too, so like he knows yeah. how to get under, under their skin. But like even him going up to Ben Simmons and saying, hey, I got Clemson tonight because he went to LSU. Right. And just like try to, trying to get into Ben Simmons' head that way was awesome. Uh, so looking ahead, we're recording this on Monday the 14th uh, on Wednesday. Hopefully this will be out on Wednesday so you all can listen to this part of the game. We have the Timberwolves. And then also on Friday... Uh, we have the Timberwolves. <laughs> what? Are there two different Timberwolves in the league? Uh, no. I a weird. I hate when the NBA does this. Yeah, I do too. Give you the same team twice in a row. It's it's super weird. Uh, what about seven times in a row? Hate that. <laughs> they just need to cut that part of the season out. <laughs> but also next Sunday, the 19th, um, is the Nuggets. And then Monday, Martin Luther King Day slash my birthday is oh. at the Jazz. Okay. So there's your upcoming schedule. Jack, what do you think we're going to do over that stretch? Timberwolves are falling apart. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be out. Mm-hmm. I think we'll win this first one. I don't know when Carl Anthony Towns will be back, but I have a feeling we'll beat the Timberwolves twice. They're just they're they're not good right now. They're they fell apart. I agree with you there. Um, and then Nuggets, we'll see. Jokic looks really good now. Yeah, at the Nuggets too. Um, tough to play at altitude. Yes. So, um, I've I've been to a basketball game in Denver. Not it was a college game. I was in. Louis oh, yeah. Pet Band, if you all didn't know that. Oh, were you? And I can say from experience that it is harder to breathe. Really? In that arena. Cool. For sure. Good. Okay, well, so let's just chalk that one up as a loss. It'll be a Sunday. 
And you know how the Pacers are on the Sabbath day? <laughs> so, and then the next day, we're in Utah. Jazz. So yeah, that'll another, be tough. Another to tough game, yeah. Yep. I think we lose one of those games, but I, I see us winning one of them, too. Okay. So. I hope so. We're definitely better than the Jazz. I've been saying that all season. Mm-hmm. They did just get Jordan Clarkson and haven't lost since. I, th- I the believe. Jazz, they look super good. Yeah, recently. they look good. But, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Pacers look good, too. Well, there's your forecast for the games coming up. Uh, we'll be back next week with more fun stuff. We've got some special stuff lining up for you coming up here yeah. in the future, hopefully. Potential we'll interview. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, we have an agreement for an interview. We just need to figure out the date to do it. So um, we'll have some great new content. We'll give you a hint. It is not Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are going to ask, it is not Reggie. Also, but- go back and listen to our first Scott Pollard interview if you haven't. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like about it, and we'll dude. make some tweaks. We'll improve. Yes, that podcast, that interview was so cool. Yeah, it was so oh much fun. Oh, my gosh, dude. It is so, f- like, man, just to, like, hear these players' experiences and, like, getting a glimpse of the NBA, it's insane. Yes. So it'll be the same for this one, and you guys should be excited and ready to listen to it. As always, please tell your friends, like, review, share on Twitter, on Instagram, everything. Help us grow this thing so we can keep doing stuff for you guys. Uh We love doing this for you. We love being a part of this with you. For Jack and Breezy, this is Jeremy. See y'all later. Peace out. Bye. It's all about team basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent.